Welcome to Two Hypnotherapists Talking with me, Denise Billen Mejia in Delaware, USA. And me, Martin Ferber in Preston, UK. This weekly podcast is for anyone and everyone who would like to know more about the fascinating subject of hypnosis and the benefits it offers. I'm a clinical hypnotherapist and psychotherapist. I'm a retired medical doctor turned consulting hypnotist. We are two hypnotherapists talking. So let's get on with the episode. Yeah, and let's get on with the show indeed. Denise, 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 introduce our guest this week. Well, I can't. I, I can read her name as Beverly Densham. And I know her sister's Julie, but I don't know very much about Beverly. So let's make her introduce herself, shall we? <laughs> Bev, what would you like to talk to us about today? I know you're not a hypnotist. Um, we've had a couple of people on who aren't, and we're absolutely fine with that because there's everything's all holistic, right? How do you help people? I love to help people with their bodies, their minds. I'm a mindfulness class teacher of over 25 years now and also and yeah, I, I originally started the teaching journey through my own personal pain. And I had back pain and I was in Australia and I'd been to a sports injuries clinic and I, I found, I was introduced to Pilates. I'd never heard of it, a form of exercise. And I realized it helps very much. And after a road very quite a severe road traffic accident, I was like, what on earth am I going to do for a living? And I'd done this sports science degree. I was fascinated by psychology and mindset and how the mind can help the body, but also and how exercise can help the body and the mind. So I ended up um, having in-person studios in Hertfordshire for 16 years. Um, then I set a goal to move to Dorset by the sea, which is my happy place. And I now have a Zoom studio teaching mindfulness pilates with either one-to-one -one or i teach groups of small beginner groups of up to five people at a time or maximum 10 in my classes has that replaced your teaching on in the physical world have you have you just morphed into just doing zoom 99 percent today i have been 90 percent on zoom and i have been sort of a little bit at the studio down the road in person but 99 percent mm -hmm. of my work now because I discovered in the it's not a pan it's it's because of the pandemic but then it because it works and because clients are benefiting yeah. just as much and I can see what they're doing as long as their camera is set up properly on their laptop and like they exactly right exactly bandage. like hypnosis it, but yeah. now people are so much more comfortable in the online yeah yeah and I think as long as as long as that you know you know you're teaching it properly you can see what they're doing you can correct uh -huh. their alignment make sure they're in the correct position yes demonstrate each exercise then sit up talk the client or clients through and it's great because you can see them side on if they're lying on their back you can see a little bit at the floor you can see their mat you can see their position and then I think half of them feel like they're having a one-to-one because -one. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm you know, still talking to everybody still looking after everybody making sure it's done properly um I realized in my early days I put my hands on my clients so much moving their feet and you know but actually mm -hmm. you have to obviously verbally cue the correct the correction to make sure it's done properly but they've got mm -hmm. in a way it's in a way it's better because it means you're empowering them how to practice on their own better and I am encouraging mm -hmm. them to, you know to incorporate it into their lifestyle and you know practice a little six minutes of you know Pilates exercise in the morning before breakfast or first thing and of course, they're going to then do it better on their own because they're, they're moving themselves into the position or the, the video on Zoom 
is like a mirror and then they can like oh they're like this one shoulder up one down and they're supposed to be lifting evenly they can actually also can look with their eyes yeah. like having a big mirror there so it's quite actually quite it's actually quite useful um so I'm, if it didn't work I wouldn't do it but because they are getting the same benefit and they can be anywhere in the world now you know all over the yeah, UK that's the other know. lovely part you know. yeah yeah, and, and it means my mum can come as well, and my sister Julie, who's been a guest on the <laughs> podcast, and how lovely is that? And they live over 100 miles away. Mm -hmm. yeah. I have a friend I'm going to be sending this episode to who moved to Costa Rica about a year and a half ago and has recently qualified as a Pilates instructor. She's opening her own studio. So I will be pointing this out to her too. <laughs> well, there you go. I, yeah. I would say, Denise, as well, this is where I first came across Bev on LinkedIn, with her mm -hmm. online Pilates. And of course, we're all used to seeing a Zoom room like this where we're talking face to face. Mm -hmm. But you can see Bev's clients in rows there on their Pilates mats on the floor, all doing the uh, online Pilates. It's fantastic. Really inspirational stuff. So how did it, the, it was the pain that you had whilst you were after the accident that took you into Pilates for yourself? Yeah, initially for myself, initially it was, um, the initial thing was having back pain in um, Australia, and that's when I initially got into the Pilates, and that was in Bondi Beach in Sydney, and it really helped, but then I, when I was in, then working in Darwin in nor northern Queensland, um, I was involved in this quite, well, very severe sort of road traffic accident when I was cycling to work one morning, mm -hmm. and uh, a car hit me when I was cycling to work and um, thankfully I was wearing a helmet um, because my helmet did smash the windscreen. Uh, the second impact was my wrist shattered on the bonnet of the car and I had to have that an operation here to tighten through mm. the um, wrist and then my back landed on the road but it I said to Martin before it wasn't just a it wasn't just the physical rehabilitation of course I saw the surgeon I saw the physiotherapist once I was back in the UK uh, but it was also a mental rehabilitation, things that I'd never experienced before. Of, were you, um, were you, post, were you frightened? Exactly. Were you frightened of those situations? Like if I cross a road, I'll get hit by something. Uh, yes, certain things would trigger me into a panic attack and, and reliving, reliving and just constantly until I right. had the right therapy, reliving the experience and that high anxiety and ended up with depression and chronic, very, very severe chronic fatigue, actually. And mm -hmm. um, so I went on a whole sort of a road to recovery. So I obviously saw the right, you know, medical professionals. And I did see a psychologist actually and did the um, cognitive behavioral therapy. Uh, for me, it was another form of therapy, which really helped me heal from that point of view, which is, which is really helpful. And then the Pilates, I was like, I, I'm so glad I found it because it gave me something to do. It gave me something that's, <laughs> it gave me something positive to focus on. And I, I even did the, I, I loved it so much and it helped me so much body and mind and in that mental healing as well. Um, I remember training as a teacher over 25, quite a bit over 25 years ago now, actually with the splint still on my wrist for not being able to use that left uh part of my my body um but they were quite happy to have me um and I was so happy to train and and that's what inspired I was like wow this because it had helped me so much with all my aches and pains and recovery I was like I really would like to help other people with this and I opened my mm -hmm. studio straight away actually I was lucky I found somewhere 
that um, had a car park amazingly at the back of a leisure centre. And I was able to start with just a few clients and a few classes and it built up to, it actually built up to me having a team of like five teachers and a full-time mm -hmm. admin. And then I had a second studio, a big studio and a little studio. I mean, sort of maximum, maximum, <laughs> maximum sort of nine clients and maximum four. So one, two or three or right. four clients. And it was just, um, I helped a lot of hundreds of clients a week actually there and, and it, and it did do well. It was successful. And, and then I moved here and started all over again. What <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> prompted the move? Okay. Well, oh, sorry, sorry if it's bad, if it's bad, you don't know. No, you bad, can make something up. We won't know. No, no, <laughs> it is bad, but um, I'm happy to share it. Um, are you sure? Because I can cut it out if you want. We can just ask <laughs> I mean, a different yeah, question. Um, I, I did. I did experience a traumatic divorce of emotional and psychological abuse, and I did end up calling police and social services, who took me and my three-year-old son away at the time, actually. And it took a lot of healing. And I set a goal. I was like, actually, where do I, where do I want to live for the rest of my life as I became more and more healed? And I still managed to run the studios, which I think is a miracle. Um, but four years later, I, I, I'd made this goal. And four years later, I achieved it. The sea is really my happy place. And I, I was like, actually, for the second half of my physical life here, I think I'd like to live by the sea. And I'm still really, really close to my sister, Julie, and um, mm -hmm. my mum and dad and, and family. But we just have to pop backwards and forwards or we see each other on zoom many mm -hmm. times a week um, and then we, we we go to so that's so I started all over again and I really did start all over again um because well you, like, you started all over again but now you've got this huge fund of knowledge oh, and, oh yeah it's and amazing you know yeah, that you yeah, can be exactly successful yeah yeah do, do you know uh, yeah a couple of my friends have said that to me recently like I've done it before and I can do it again. And it's just educating. It's a bit like with your, um, by the way, I'm a, such a fan of the work that you both do <laughs> because I've seen it transform somebody yeah. very close to me who had, you know, horrendous mental health and four sessions turn their life around from being on a, you know, on a waiting list with the NHS and they went privately to see somebody like yourselves and four sessions and the, the turnaround has been incredible. So and it, it but it's a, it's about educating people isn't it in your work and in my work that and seeing evidence of it of course that you're getting those same benefits and results for the client it is isn't it it's, it's preconceptions though some of it i mean there are lots of preconceptions about hypnosis you know it's swinging watches or and unfortunately fueled mm. by the movies and tv yeah but yeah. understandably yeah. for entertainment services well then my <laughs> mindfulness for example um, mm -hmm. My first impressions of it were that you could sit there for 25 minutes staring at a blueberry um, and getting in the moment sort of thing. And then when somebody explained it to me fully and then I did my own research on it, it was like, yeah, I get it. I absolutely get it. And I could see, absolutely see the benefits of it as well. One of the first <laughs> questions I asked at Hypno College back in the day was what's the difference between hypnotherapy and mindfulness? And my mm -hmm. tutor gave me a really good, simple explanation saying mindfulness is where we are getting ourselves into the moment in our own headspace and trance whereas with hypnotherapy we are being guided into a trance 
Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a really simple and, and accurate explanation. What do you think, Beth? That's really interesting. I mean, I, I ended up calling it mindfulness Pilates. I mean, I think so many things can just be mindful anyway. I mean, mm-hmm. to me, Pilates exercise is mindful anyway, mm. because there mm-hmm. are eight principles of Pilates. And it's that it's about being in the moment with each. Um, you've got breathing. The eight principles are breathing, relaxation, centering, which is your core stability, working your deep abdominals and having that back support, alignment and being in a good posture and alignment and position during each, whether it's strength exercise, core stability exercise, back strengthening exercise, um, stretch, uh, whatever you happen to be doing, whether that's sitting, standing, lying down. When you have a client who oh, has I'm a particular... Oh, sorry, the la- sorry, sorry, sorry uh, the go, last go ahead, one. sorry. The last one, sorry, because I, I, I started describing it. Because I have it like... Are you so seeing it in like, your head? It's okay, yeah. carry on. So relaxation, <laughs> breathing, centering, alignment, and then you've got concentration, coordination, flowing movements and stamina. And basically the more the more Pilates you do, the more stamina you get. And when you keep learning, you keep improving in each of those areas. So sorry, my interruption was to ask you, um, how how do you deal with people who may have a particular uh, challenge when it comes to the posture or whatever? Obviously, when you had a broken wrist, you had some challenges, but the people who have balance issues or have had neurological damage of some kind, um, do, you, yeah. do you need to see them as individual clients? Is it just too, too customized? to be in a big group or or do you have okay. do you see only people who've had uh, stroke victims in this particular class what's okay so it really it really depends I mean I ha- I do work at a physiotherapy clinic as well down the road uh-huh. um, with neurological things um, one of my close local friends is a physiotherapist and a Pilates teacher and I actually shadowed her for about six weeks in her classes actually because she wanted me to take over her Parkinson's class this is pre-pandemic, mm. her Parkinson's class mm. and her back pain, one of her back pain, her back pain class. So I, I shadowed her for six weeks. The back pain stuff quite is very everyday for me and I'm very, very mm-hmm. good at helping people with that. Usually needs to be one-to-one to start with because um, there's so many levels within where some, I don't know, phases of the rehabilitation kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I work them closely alongside a physio or a chiropractor. When it comes to neurological, some neurological things are not my zone of genius. So I, I have, for example, taught somebody with MS. However, I worked very closely with the physiotherapist. I taught them in person. Their wife came along as well just to to know, you know, what they're doing and mm-hmm. slightly join in and be a support there. Um, and right. so that they knew, you know, could support during practicing at home and things like that. Um, with Parkinson's, I think it's very important, something like that. I'm very good at teaching that, but that isn't in, for me, that is an in-person one, thing in the stages. No, it can mm-hmm. be group, but one-on-one initially, then it can be in a group, but there needs to be uh, the support of things like chairs for doing sitting work, or when right. they can do uh, standing work and some balance work, but with chair support. So one of those clients from that class, did work does work with me regularly on zoom but that's because i know them so well they've really retained over probably well the last few years they've retained their their level of fitness hasn't declined Mm -hmm. um, but they still use the chair for support do some sitting 
they might prefer to do the relaxation lying on their side. They don't use mm -hmm. hardly any equipment um, because, uh, or I teach things like one minute journaling in some of the classes, but in my elderly classes, I do have a class for elderly and all ages. <laughs> Everybody is welcome in this class, but I don't actually call it that. Um, but it is all ages and several elderly, including the gentleman with Parkinson. And it works so well. You know, some of, some of it, like my dad, who's had a hip replacement in there, but I helped him in the two weeks post-recovery from the hip replacement. And this is not neurological, you know, it's a hip replacement, not neurological. So what I'm trying to say is it really depends. And then, then I taught him one-to-one -one until he was black back playing golf. He's 85 years old. And then he got promotion to class when he's ready, <laughs> you know? So yeah. it goes through stages. Somebody else had bursitis in the hip. We work one-to-one, -one, arthritis. But she's at, she has no, she had balance problems as well. So different things can bring on balance problems. Mm -hmm. um, and her balance problems were a lot of weakness, actually, in the muscles. And she needed a lot. Of, what I find a lot of clients need is they need the standing kind of hip replace, post-hip replacement physio type uh, basic Pilates. And then they can progress from there. Mm -hmm. so, so you said helps. you no it does you said that you work closely with a physical therapist do you yes do you co-develop programs or you just sort of see sorry, where it might fit in here uh, sorry I missed the question I, did I freeze yeah I think I, I, sorry got <laughs> cut off sorry no, my question was do you co-develop a program with a physiotherapist or do you work with them you just sort of fit into their, what they've okay. already got going. I, I feel I just, it depends. I, I feel I just fit in. So what happens is somebody's seeing, for example, a physio, they might have seen a consult, seen their doctor, um, maybe had an MRI scan, seen a consultant. I've got the results of that. They're then seeing the physiotherapist, for example. I then know exactly what exercises they'd be given. And I either work closely alongside or I can just work alongside knowing exactly where it's being pitched at from a physiotherapy point of view. And then we can progress from there and that works mm -hmm. really well. And then they get their next exercises. And I, I, I it, it's like a natural teaching, <laughs> working really in a, a really good synchronicity, actually. It works so well, actually. So what's your catchment area? Do you have people from all over? Come obviously Zoom, it's the world. <laughs> but but in in the area you work, how how big a draw do you have for people to come to you one on one in person? Um, in the olden days, people would travel as far as, as London to see me in Hertfordshire. Um, now it's Which like is how. Sorry, I, I am English, but it's a long, long time since I lived there. Yeah, and I don't so, know how many hours of travel that is. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's not hours of travel. So that would be <laughs> like um, half an hour to an hour travel. Here, I just teach, uh, I teach in Paul Dorset by the sea for in-person work. But most people, mm -hmm. apart from the neurological side of things, most people want to work with me on Zoom. They find it convenient, time efficient, yeah. fits in their day no travel don't have to worry about the weather <laughs> no 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 excuses with the weather and come along and just get on with it and then get on with their day so you know yeah. um but yeah in relation to yeah people come from the pool and dorset area to see me um and then but mostly as i said zoom <laughs> <laughs>
But I, I love yeah. some of this stress to calm stuff you've done with lawyers over the months that I've been following mm. on um, mm-hmm. LinkedIn. And it's sort of like de-stress them in the lunch break or even in their afternoon break. It's fabulous stuff. <laughs> so how did you how did you acquire a, a sort of lawyer following? Did you, did you happen to just have attorneys working with you in Pilates? Um, or? No, what happened was... Um, I, I, I love doing business networking on Zoom. <laughs> and um, this lovely lawyer had been in my group for at least two years. I had no idea that suddenly out of the blue, she said, um, Bev, I, you know, she just spoke to me privately and said, I'd really like you to help me with my stress levels. And I said, yes, of course, I'll you know, help you with your stress levels. And so I taught her mindfulness Pilates, but her secondary pain, as well as the high levels of stress, was uh, low back pain, sciatica, and some low low back prolapsis. But she only actually needed like three sessions with me with the stress to calm to really reduce her stress and feel much better. And then it was about maintenance. And mm-hmm. what I realized when I was teaching her is I could actually get take the mats, the tracksuit bottoms, leggings, and most of the Pilates out of it. And I could teach all the tool, a lot of the other tools I, I teach within Pilates at the desk practically and for teams and not just individuals so I said so would you like me to help your team as well she's a partner in a her name's Anna she's a partner in the law firm um called Robrie Morris in Hampshire um she's actually going to write the forward to our book. oh that's lovely I'm really yeah. proud of that because it's like they I've worked with them for six months uh, the whole team and mm-hmm. It was amazing. So I started teaching one minute tools, seven one minute tools, lots of different versions of me. You can't just do the same thing all the time, obviously. Right. Um, but you know, it, and and it worked. And I was like, wow, this is really working and helping them so much. Not just her. Mm-hmm. She just then needs like brushing your teeth. You have to keep doing, you've got to keep brushing your teeth to keep your teeth clean. You've got to keep doing your Pilates to stretch out and breathe and de-stress and keep your body strong and your posture okay not slumping like a banana and it's the same with the de- the stress to calm tools um i sort of just pieced them into one minute um often mm-hmm. setting a timer <laughs> and um they can do it as one minute individual tools or they could do it as a workshop or class, regular classes like they did with me and it sort of went from there really teaching you know meditation how to use positive affirmation stretching for the head neck and shoulders at the desk um power power stretching with the you know high sort of high power pose positions I created tools like calm to happy which have got multiple facets of benefit uh with it one minute journaling which I love the fact that um quite many quite a few doctors seem to be recommending it as well these days mm-hmm. probably um, using it themselves yes <laughs> yes like Dr Rangan Chatterjee I'm you know I love hearing this and Goal setting visualization. So I, I listened to your episode, of course, on um, <laughs> visualization and everything. Um, and in my sports science, that was quite a big thing in psychology, sports science, sports psychology, visualization, mm-hmm. particularly for mm-hmm. athletes. But I'd like, well, actually, we'll use this. I might use it as well in injury rehabilitation with clients as well who might have had a broken leg and I help them, you know, at least they can still come to class but not use that bit of their body and visualize what they're doing. and but I do that at the desk with the lawyers or corporate um, where they visualize a personal goal, take them into that relaxed state and, and visualize a, a personal goal. And 
it helps them with their work-life balance because a lot of people are very good at going doing their work yeah i mean it's 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 pretty much hypnosis yes i was just going to say therapeutic imagination yeah take them into a state of relaxation and mentally rehearse that's hypnosis (laughs) and this is what we were saying about other therapies how you know they interlink how the, the commonality that's there and the yeah. same sort of end goal that we all have, which is to get our clients where they want to be, um, mm-hmm. you know, in a holistic yeah, way. Yeah, and I think that you, what you're, yeah, exactly. I think what you're you're doing that deep therapeutic work, and and often you know it might be quite a big mental health problem that you're helping with. Whereas I suppose I'm helping at the in between stage. It can be prevention, I think, um, but it's that sort of daily. I, I'd love to, I, I'm excited to teach it more. I have taught quite a few lawyers and law firms over the last year and the statistics, I'm so glad I hated the statistics at university. However, <laughs> I was like, this is very interesting and a bit like you getting your EEG machine, uh, Martin. Yeah. Um, I love, I actually now love statistics because so this is really interesting. And what I do, I'd, I'd score some of each person's sort of stress score before and after each session and then I do the statistics on it and over the last year apart from if, apart from if someone's been on holiday uh, that sort of thing the stress level might not change in that session but overall it's been a 40 to 75 percent reduction in stress on using those seven one minute tools that I've used with them in that one session wow that's impressive <laughs> yeah. It's funny you're talking about the EEG machine because the oh yeah, how's it going? Have you well, got it arrived yet? The, the cat's out of the bag. I can make an official announcement now. I'm going to be teaching hypnotherapy next year. Um, oh, and, yeah, and the the school, the college I'm working for, um, they're the ones who are introducing the EEG machine into their uh, teaching program, so people can actually see their depth of trance um mm. because it's one thing explaining it to people and of course as we say about misconceptions pseudoscience this that and the other people can actually see with this imaging equipment what happens to their brain waves when they're in um hypnotic trance as opposed to when they're just relaxing um because there's a difference but yes i'm, I'm going to be teaching hypnotherapy next year fantastic <laughs> it's, it's i'm very excited for that. yeah i am too <laughs> yeah that's really really good and all your mental health, um, all your mental health first aid work as well. It's all. Oh yeah, I'm on another so course. I'm on, yeah, I'm on another two week training next week, so I can deliver their entire portfolio. Um, yeah, so that's that's another two weeks when I will just be uh, blinkers on and head down concentrating. Okay, we'll get we'll get ahead and record some stuff before you go into <laughs> hibernation. Um, <laughs> I think what I think is very interesting is that everybody carries their stress in a different place mm. my mine is between my shoulder blades <laughs> and i will notice the pain before i realize i'm stressed um i'm not sure if that's teaching me it but everybody has it some people get headaches mm. some people have lower back pain some yeah yeah oh you're a headache person yeah mm. do you work much with like headache clinics or any of that I haven't, but I'm, I am very interested in it because after childbirth, I nearly died then, actually. Well, I won't tell you too many more sad stories, but I had a preeclampsic fit. And... So did I. Oh, my Another God, thing of you. commonality. First oh, child, five, five, five hours after delivery. Sorry, Martin. You'll never, <laughs> yeah. share, you'll never be able to share this with us. Oh, it's but... okay. I'll talk about <laughs> testicular trauma <laughs> instead. 
Well, we it's important we talk about these things though, isn't it? Because absolutely, absolutely. You know, like looking at all of us today, you would was yours postpartum? That's that's really important. Mine was at the very end of childbirth, actually. Oh. But the so, baby yeah. was fine. Uh, well, we went into special care, and I I was in intensive, oh, yes. I was in intensive care. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the headaches and the the difficulty with light after that, I did, they were wondering they, they they were wondering if there was any brain um, damage mm -hmm. in any way because anyway I had the brain scan that was okay, but having suffered from those headaches and then a period of migraines as well, what was very interesting? What I I, I experiment on myself sometimes, like sometimes I've I've managed to heal a migraine myself within about a minute purely because of doing some head and neck stretches which are more the physiotherapy type you know sort of neck stretches and neck stretches and neck stretches eyes closed in the dark sitting on a bed um and doing all the very basic um good posture and neck stretches and sometimes that that uh took it away and other times i'd have to have a sleep as well so i, I sort of have a personal interest in it i haven't actually worked with any um you know particular you know, clinics or anything like you said, but I have noticed that there seems to be, from my observation, a big correlation between posture, muscle tension, and not doing enough head, head, neck, shoulder mm -hmm. stretching, because sometimes that can alleviate it without needing a painkiller, because that's all that's needed, but people are just stuck in one position so long, they just actually need to move more, walk more, Get out in the fresh air, like. I know, think I think we've got the fourth the the uh the title for your fourth book. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> <then>? that. <laughs> Move. Mind, 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 mindfulness for headaches. It just um I think that it's just very exciting. I'm I'm really interested in talking to my friend Amy, who's now as newly a newly minted um instructor. She's practiced Pilates for a long time. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if she's if she's got a particular niche that she's working with or just anybody who wants to go down to Costa Rica and have a lovely time. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds fun. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. It's funny, I, I did all the training and absolutely everything and I had all the big equipment. The re I had 11 reformers, um, four rehab reformers at one point with all the springs and pulleys and Cadillac and mm -hmm. you name it, I had everything. And it's funny, I've now gone back to basics back to mat work back to something that people can practically use in their everyday life and and then yeah adding adding in being able to create a book you know as well like the stress mm -hmm. to calm in seven minutes for lawyers and teachers and nurses you know that it's lovely that people can grab that and and have a go and and, and make a difference themselves in that way as well it's quite nice yeah just knowing that they'll be able to do something about it is a mm. huge help well, you were just yeah. talking about them with carrying stress and headaches. You're too young to remember it, Beth, but Denise will, and I, I, I do, and Denise was still in this country at the time, so you will as well, Denise. Oh, the the anodine adverts, tense, nervous headache. Oh, and yes. Said it starts at the back of the neck. You remember it? Yeah, <laughs> it's it's Anna's sin here. I don't think you don't see it anymore. But I do remember those ads, yes. Yeah. Just, it's funny, isn't it? You know, we talk about these... Um, little triggers and neural neural pathways and things going back, I immediately visualise that Anadi advert with the tense, nervous headache. Uh, no, I don't know. I don't know that one, but... No, I you're too young. It's because yeah. we're old. 
I was teaching <laughs> I was teaching Pilates um today and some of the clients turned up so stressed and actually we did the rather we did a relaxation at the beginning um a tense and release relaxation whereas other times I might teach a body scan meditation but uh, mm-hmm. I think one of the best times to practice that is like at the dentist because you might like really tense up a bit of your body and yeah. then you just release that bit of your body and it sort of trains you to um not be you know so tense again we we do the same thing in hypnosis with progressive muscle relaxation get somebody to really clench the fists and then let go and feel that relaxation going up your arm that kind of thing yeah Um, i I taught that one this morning to these very stressed clients on arrival (laughs) (laughs) yeah no but it's great it works and this is why um you know we we wanted to get different guests on the show because the commonality is there across all the Mm -hmm. um holistic type of things um and that's really good no really really good we're we're almost at the end of the show believe it or not so what i'm going to ask you is would is is there anything you'd like to tell our viewers and listeners about mindfulness that they may not know okay you know if they have any misconceptions or anything like that is there anything you'd like to tell Uh, them yeah i mean i had somebody ask me this the other day in Mm. one of my business networking he's like how much so he's saying how much mindfulness is in it and i said well you're a golfer i would also call call golf being very mindful because Mm. you've got to concentrate and you're you're aiming to hit that ball towards that you know hole or whatever so that is also mindfulness he's like oh he's like oh right (laughs) you know (laughs) i think um you know you can be playing tennis you can be playing badminton golf squash uh, you can go on a mindful walk but you know mm. I think everyday life for everyone has mindfulness in it but whether you like the word or not is another matter mm. I find some people don't like the word um, but that's because of the the prejudice from the woo-woo side yeah. of things oh, okay well you know it's just being in the moment of course there are yeah. you know in-depth ways of teaching that but I would say if if a practitioner or teach like yourselves resonates and you know it's by the way, hypnotherapy is wonderful. But <laughs> if you know anyone with a mental health problem, please uh, don't wait on a waiting list. Just book in with them, please. Um, that's what I would like to say very strongly today. Oh, thank you. I think it can just, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think, you know, or a te- you like somebody's teaching style, you like their personality, you, you mm-hmm. know, they've got the qualifications, the experience. Bonus is somebody has a personal experience, like Martin has that, you know, personal experience of recovery from, you know, both you know traumatic past work situation and from a weight loss situation I mean you know that 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 person then becomes a role model as well and then obviously Denise you've got that you know your doctor's you know background as well and I think I think it's it's just whatever resonates from a and and what I think you know you can tailor to each client as well so that particular golfer I know he wants to book in he's had back problems on and off and on and off and eventually he'll book in when he realizes he doesn't have to do one minute journaling and a 10 minute meditation and that is absolutely fine you know Mm. I think you you work you tailor it to each person that comes along um I think works but of course you've got your each person's got their own style as well I think mindfulness you know and mindfulness pilates or as you say the mindfulness in what you do um mm-hmm. it's just incredibly valuable well it is and it's important to you know get rid of these misconceptions people have by explaining it clearly as you've just done it's the same with hypnosis as soon as you explain to somebody they actually go into hypnosis several times a day naturally 
and you give them examples of it then they click they realize yeah okay yeah they they get it as it were exactly it's like you were saying in one of your other episodes on your podcast you were talking about visualization and you're saying oh people can't i think they can't visualize and then you're saying well what comes to front door what's the number on your door oh that is that all that visualization is and yeah it's the same when i do it with people and they're like oh oh okay yeah that's it that's yeah, it. Yeah. You, you, you've got to make it relatable, and then people realise, oh yeah, I, I can be mindful. I do go into hypnosis. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. When there's a bit of, I think also I find a lot of people I work with appreciate the science and research behind things, and that's what mm. we're doing with our books as well. There's science and some research behind every single tool. But one of my favourite studies I heard from Dr. David Hamilton was called the Piano Study, and I, I find it very quite fascinating. So half of the participants in the study had to play the piano. I think it was for about two hours. They played you know, certain notes um, or physically on the piano. And the other half of the participants had to mentally visualize playing those notes on the piano. And then the brain scans afterwards, um, they couldn't tell who had physically played the piano and who hadn't. Right. And I think when you bring these other research, I think a lot of people find that very motivating. Wow. So... If I do that and that, right. what a difference. Creating action and working in the mind is so powerful. So, yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you for that. Right, yeah, there's increasing evidence out there all the time on these right. things, which mm. is great, which is great. Bev, we're almost at the end of the show, so I'd like to thank you for coming on. We're going to put in the show notes how people can get in touch with you and the uh, title of your upcoming book as well. Um, but, Denise, I'm going to leave the final words to you. I'm... I'm going to be in touch with you. I think I think there's some collaborative work we may be able to do. <laughs> so I'm, I'm very, it was really nice meeting you. It was a pleasure to meet your sister and it's a pleasure to meet you. And next time I'm in Britain, I will come down to pool area because I used to spend my Sundays there quite often as a child. <laughs> We hope you've enjoyed listening. Please remember, this podcast is designed to give you an insight into therapeutic hypnosis and is for educational purposes only. So remember, consult with your own healthcare professional if you think something you've heard may apply to you or a loved one. If you found this episode useful, you can apply for free continuing professional development or CME credit using the link provided in the show notes. Feel free to contact either of us through the links in the show notes. Join us again next week.